Go faster, Bacon Bit. Run, Bacon Bit, run. Faster than you've ever ran before, Bacon Bit. <laughs> Hi, listener. Hey, welcome to our review of The Flash. The Flash 2023. Yeah, not do we have Flash. to put the year in there? Because, because it's not the CW series. Mm-hmm. It's not that weird 90s series that everyone kind of forgets happened. Yeah. This is the uh, 2023 Ezra Miller uh, last-ditch effort. <laughs> They, and what do you mean by that, Joel? I mean the fact that they they were, if this were any other movie, it would have been canceled a long time ago based uh-huh. on the behavior of the actor. Right. But because this was such an investment, because it was such a, a focal point, a fulcrum, if you will, of DC, the DC Extended Universe, they held on to this one. Well, it's it's so interesting because Warner Brothers has not been shy to cut things off of their slate, essentially. Batgirl. Batgirl. 90 million investment. Yeah, a lot oh. of the shows off. Uh, now, what is Max? They've also cut. Yeah. And so this movie, they've been waiting to kind of, yes, close off the chapter of the DCEU, even though there's one more movie with Aquaman and a Lost Kingdom. But uh, Lost or Last, it doesn't matter. Who cares? But with The Flash... You this, sound a little bitter. This is... A, well, I don't think it'll be very good. Uh, this movie was kind of... I think it was announced in 2014, 2015. I'm actually looking that up right now. And so it's just gone through three different directors, uh, three different, completely different scripts. This was originally meant to be a buddy comedy with Cyborg and The Flash. And then we knew this. You and I, you, I, and Zach talked about what uh, Flashpoint was going to be, yeah. I think, in 2017. 2017 or 2018. That's around when it was announced. It says it was announced uh, tentative plans to release a Flash film in 2016. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, oh, it's going to re- reboot the DC Universe. And that this was years ago. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was mad because I liked where the DC Universe was. And now we finally get the movie <laughs> that they've been waiting through a pandemic and criminal charges. Yeah. And now the summer movie season, a very busy summer movie season, actually. Yeah, yeah. Kind of ramping back up to the way things used to be. Yeah. To the point where now we're seeing a lot of multiverse stories. And that leads right into The Flash 2023. And the synopsis is, Barry Allen uses his super speed to change the past, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. Okay. That sounds like a a pretty standard Flash movie. And this is directed by Andy Machete, who did uh, It, Chapter 1 and 2, I think Mama (sighs) as well. And... uh, yeah, and so we have Ezra Miller and a lot of uh, DC mainstays, but I'm just going to go with Ben Affleck shows up. It's known that he's in the movie. Sasha Cal plays Supergirl. And the reason people are going to see this movie, Michael Keaton, once again, yes, Batman. Yes, we probably talk about that now because it has been such a uh, so long on the pop culture screens yep. there, is that Michael Keaton coming back as Batman was one of the big selling points of this movie. Yeah, for sure. I want to say this up front. That uh, I don't know if you remember the there was a movie that came out a couple years ago named The Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kent. Yep. And, which, wait, which, which one? Oh, by the way, Zach's not here. Oh yeah. Uh, he he uh, he <laughs> he just he, barely left. He did. He didn't see the screening and he didn't want spoilers, but he kind of did want spoilers. Yeah. He goes, well, "What'd you think?" And we're like, uh, "We can't say. Well, we're going to briefly tell you." Yeah. We give a little a little mini review to him. Okay. So you're saying in 2017. Yeah, back back then when they when they made Justice League, mm-hmm. uh, which was directed by Zack Snyder, but then directed by Joss Whedon, yeah, uh, and kind of completely revamped, totally. And then uh, I don't know if you know Kent, there was a Snyder cut of the <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> oh, uh, you mean something I wrote about every day in my journal? Yeah, about? <laughs> basically. Yeah, dear diary, still hasn't come out today. <laughs> But then but I know it's coming. And they said, okay, there is a Snyder cut, meaning Zack Snyder had this whole movie filmed and then they kind of cut it all out yeah. and replaced it with this other stuff. Right. 
And then Zack Snyder said, well, I still have my stuff. And mm-hmm. they turned that into the a Snyder Cut. four-hour experience. Yes. Yeah, which came out uh, 2021. 2021. Mm-hmm. And um, some people watched it. Yeah. And there were, and the reason I bring this up is because there was a branch there that, that uh, honestly, a timeline no, right. that formed where it was like, okay, these are the people that are pro Justice League, as mm-hmm. it's called, the original theatrical release Justice League. Yeah. And these are the people who enjoy the darker, more serious Snyderverse. Which is so interesting. And I could go on about uh, with a TED talk about this, but the Warner Brothers executives were of the mindset because they didn't really like Snyder to say that Joss Whedon's version would be canon. Right. And so they were that branch of the tree, right? which is crazy because you look at any sort of critical reviews or uh, audience reviews and Zack Snyder's Justice League, albeit darker, was the preferred version. Right. So you had when you had the DC Extended Universe forming, you had Man of Steel, which is a little more serious, Mm -hmm. uh, Batman v Superman, a little more serious. Right. And then you got kind of Wonder Woman Woman, and Aquaman, which are a little more colorful and fun. But Justice League was kind of this colorful, more uh, lighthearted branch of the dceu right so when the snyderverse came out and it showed this darker more serious side that fit more with man of steel and bvs you have these yeah you have these two branches and Mm -hmm. honestly wonder woman and aquaman kind of branched over into the more colorful version yeah with 84 yeah yeah so for better for worse there's this divide and i personally was wondering which branch is this going to kind of fall into because snyder the snyder cut was successful was Mm -hmm. a big groundbreaker brought (laughs) You paid for HBO Max because it came out. Yeah. So it brought people for to you HBO guys. Max. Yeah, for us to watch it. <laughs> and so I thought that was just funny. But this movie, and I want to put this out there, definitely goes in line with the colorful Joss Whedon verse. Uh, comedically as well. Yes. This is yes. not this is not the Snyder verse. This is not the dark and serious Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. This is Aquaman, Wonder Woman. To, to the point where The Flash had this crazy climactic moment in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yes. Where he, there was basically using the speed force to do something pretty incredible. Right. Without giving too many spoilers. Whereas in this movie, they kind of don't even mention that. He has other powers. He has other powers. Yes. Oh, um, we're not going to be spoiling the movie here. Right. We'll let you know when we get into spoiler territory. And so what they do is they do need, and what the movie definitely tries to accomplish is kind of put the Snyder verse to bed. Uh, and by the Snyderverse, I mean everything that's been created in the last 10 years since Man of Steel, because they are rebooting this all in two years or whenever the, the next series of movies comes out. Mm-hmm. And so they do give a lot of time and energy to the 10 years of movies that have come previously, while also giving a lot of love to DC on the whole. Yes. Is that safe to say without giving too many spoilers? Yes. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot to say. And there are, truthfully, there are spoilers to be had here. Right. And I, I will talk about the flashpoint that wasn't because the original story of the flashpoint is the starting of this movie where Barry is in uh, much like the TV show as well. And they actually kind of do a mini plot of this in the second season mm-hmm. of the flash where Barry goes back in time to save his mom because that's one of his abilities. Yes. But by doing that, you create a butterfly effect and hence a multiverse. And what happens is he is on this different landscape where Superman is being held captive Batman is actually Thomas Wayne and basically uh, reverse flash is orchestrating this whole thing to keep Barry captive. And it's a, it's very, it's a darker story, but it's also really cool because it shows different versions of these characters. Right. And then eventually everything's safe in the end and we get back to where we need to be. Right. Whereas this movie is like, we're going to adjust this because we do need to include, uh, include a selling point, which is Michael Keaton. They do. And I mean, uh, 
So wait, were you talking about the comic book or were you talking about the CW series? The comic book. Because the CW series also, and that's why I yeah. bring it up, they all they we've already seen a live adaptation of the Flashpoint mm-hmm. in the in the uh, TV series with yeah. Grant Gustin on the CW. But basically it just sets things slightly askew in the show. Right. But that's they had a whole series to do, they had to keep right. going, but they did address this story, which is uh, Barry going back in time to save his mother's yeah. life. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a spoiler because that's kind of the crux right. of what the trailers and everything. I said. thought they did that part really well. The rescue. Save that. Okay. Well, I guess you don't have to save that. It's a TV show. Do you want to jump into your review then? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. And I'm not going to like compare it against the TV show. I do think the first season of The Flash and a lot of season two is great. Oh, yeah. The first couple seasons of The Flash on CW are great yeah. comic book live action. Totally. Now... But play your hand here, Kent. You mm-hmm. are not a fan of where DCEU is. Oh, I, I haven't liked it for years. You have not liked it, well, since not including Justice not League. Not including Justice League, which I actually consider that branch. They've told us, even when they were releasing it, the executives at that time, which have now been fired, and they have one just as bad now, have said, uh, this is a cul-de-sac. This is a storytelling cul-de-sac, meaning be happy you got this. Yeah. And I was, and then I said, cool, I support this, I'm done. I'm out. And so when they officially said, hey, we're going to release a movie starring someone that's pretty controversial. Yeah. And we're going to fire the rest of the DC, like, best of, like Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, and Gal wow, Gadot. You put Henry Cavill second there. That's kind of weird. Well, I mean, it's just, I mean, okay, sorry. But I, I just want to <laughs> um, put that out there because you walked into this movie, if I may say so, probably with folded arms and a furrowed brow. Uh, yes, personally, but it has been screened now. Hundreds of times. It's CinemaCon three months ago. Mm-hmm. They showed this movie super early to critics, and critics, because it's early access, were just raving. Mm-hmm. They said, <laughs> This can sound crazy. You almost think it's hyperbole. Best DC movie since Dark Knight. Have you ever heard that before? Mm-hmm. Every single DC movie that comes out. Yeah. They also said, This one is worth the hype. Yes, there is an alleged criminal starring in this movie in maybe more than one role, but this movie is well worth seeing. And I go, Okay, look. Even though I want this movie to flop so bad, and I did, and I do, I still went in going, it'll probably be a B. I bet it's actually kind of going to be good because Michael Keaton's going to save the whole thing, mm-hmm. even though it's a Flash movie and shouldn't be a Batman movie. So going into my actual review. Go for it. I don't know how you felt in the first couple scenes, but I felt like I was watching the CW show. It just starts. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, it's kind of revving right up and it becomes like this mini Justice League sort of story where Batman and the Flash work together. And of course, I love seeing Ben Affleck as Batman on screen. And I'm like, okay, this works for me. I, I like this uh, rapport they have. And then it shows the first scene is uh, heavily CG'd and I, I, it was nightmare fuel. And <laughs> can we just say... The CG, no, uh, see, we could say the CG was bad. The CG was very bad. And, I, and I've heard the CG was bad and the trailers are bad. I'm like, okay. I can get past this because some of the things they can do with t- I, slowing down time is fun. Let, let's say what it is, though. The CG is actually pretty good for a movie that was made in the 90s. <laughs> what was it? I don't know. Yeah, so basically, overall, where did the budget go? I, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, we're playing our hand. The CG never gets better in this movie, whether I, it's suits, whether it's heroes in action. Yeah. Um, and Supergirl is probably maybe gets the worst defense on this one. Really? Yeah. Anytime she's flying, she looks like a rubber cartoon. As you see in the trailer, there are two Barry Allens. Right. So Ezra Miller playing two different roles. Yes. And it is actually slightly different performances. I'll give him credit for playing a different role per person. Okay. Slightly. Slightly. Uh, but man, is it aggravating. And Barry and uh, Barry Allen says this in the movie, how aggravating it is to hear 
this character and this actor speak. Yeah. Uh, I'm really not on board anymore as much as I love the character in Zack Snyder's Justice League. When you see Michael Keaton's version of Bruce Wayne and Batman, it's exciting again. There's some stunt work instead of CG. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is what I need to see. I'm kind of sold. And then it gets into a third act that rewrites a lot of what I've literally loved. You know how much I love Man of Steel. Yeah. I think Sorry, this is like hyperbole once again. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's an amazing origin story for one of my favorite superheroes, if not my favorite. And they go, okay, well, we're just going to paint a brush over this. And then they wrap it up with, sorry, I'm now skimming right over the story. I know this is wrong, but... And they the way they wrap it up was totally lost on me. The jokes fail miserably. Ezra Miller being in 95% of this movie was such a bad move. Mm-hmm. There are parts I like. There are there are moments in this movie. Okay. Granted, I think it all comes back to Michael Keaton. <laughs> Is yeah. that wrong to say? Because I'm going to fault this movie for nostalgia bait when nostalgia bait's probably the best part of it. And, and I mean him singularly. Right. I know I kind of rushed through that. There's so much I want to say in spoilers. I'm currently thinking a C minus on this one. C minus. So yes. the same grade you gave Little Mermaid. Yes. The live excuse me, the live yeah. action adaptation yeah. of Little Mermaid. There, there are parts of this movie truly where Ezra Miller shows true emotion, and I go, oh, okay, thematically, I like this. And that's what almost brings it to a C. Mm -hmm. But then there's so much goofy action and everything that reminded me of Justice League. Mm -hmm. I had that feeling. And so C- is probably more true to what I feel. Okay. Yeah, what about you? That's fine. Uh, Well, quick question I was going to ask you. Who has better CG? Uh, Mm -hmm. The live-action adaptation of Little Mermaid or... The Flash. I would like to apologize to the live action Little Mermaid <laughs> because it has horrible CG. It is so much better than what this movie presents. In this movie, they're not going to tell you, but it was probably made for about $300 million based on delays and reshoots Yeah, uh, to make a movie that looks like this. That should have been now, in 2023, the pinnacle of superhero movies. Should have been. And w- what happened? It didn't seem like a cartoon. There are scenes in this movie where it's, it's a big story element that has to do with the Speed Force. And I know they're going for a stylistic choice, but it's so clearly CG. It could have been stylishly done any other way. Mm. It's so clearly uh, done in a computer that it takes you right out of the movie. Everything feels like a green screen. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. So, Kent, I'll give you my review now. Okay, please. So, uh, my review of this movie is this is a goofy movie. Yes. Like, really goofy. And I say that in a number of different senses. Number one it's intentionally trying to be goofy and silly, mm-hmm. like over the top kind of stuff. Well, that's what happens when you have two Barry Allen's. Barry Allen's always been the jokester. Yeah. But right? then, but I never remember Barry Allen being this annoying. Like, no, honestly, the way he was they, witty, the way, the way they portray him is not the way. Yeah. Witty. Mm-hmm. He was witty in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. In this movie, I was like, I don't remember disliking Barry Allen that much to the point where when two of them are on the screen, it's almost unbearable. <laughs> yeah. um, the tone is all over the place. Yeah. It Did you like it, it nailed the dark tone, like the, the sad tones of... There were definitely a couple moments, which we'll get into the spoilers, where mm-hmm. I went, that is an emotional touch point right yeah. there. That is good. That is good acting and it is, go- is well written, but it's surrounded by craziness. Mm-hmm. Just, it doesn't know what it wants to be. This movie does not know what it wants to be. It's, it's, it's can't find the branch it's on. It's trying to jump back and forth between the two. Right. It honestly does not seem to fit the overall feel of, of, the, C- of the DCEU. No. With Man, you watch Man of Steel, you watch overly serious. You watch Man of Steel, you watch uh, Batman v Superman, and then you watch this movie, and it's like you'd get whiplash uh-huh. from the emotional shift. Right? How old is Ezra Miller, by the way? He's like thirty <laughs> something. Looking it up, 
He's supposed to be portraying an 18-year-old in this movie, and it's just, it doesn't work. He's 30 years old. 30 years old. He's supposed to be portraying an 18-year-old. So he does play two versions, like a 28-year-old and an 18-year-old. But even then, I just, it, I don't buy it for a minute. No. This was like, I don't know, did Dear Evan Hansen do the casting for this as well? <laughs> what happened There's a there? bad wig here, so maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like the visual effects are Polar Express bad. That's, okay. That like is such an insult, but accurate. There are moments when it is literally looks like the Polar Express. <laughs> and I went, I don't really know why you're doing it that way. Um, I didn't care for Sasha Callie as Supergirl. She seems to have gone to the school of don't open your mouth when you're acting. Uh-huh. Like, the whole time she talks like this, the whole time. This is her being dramatic. Now, she does, and this is without spoilers, and this is just her part in the story. She plays that part of the Superman that has been captive. And so, basically, when she unleashes on, on everyone, it's like, it's big moments. Yes, supposed to be. But she plays angry the entire time. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's, there's one note the entire time there. Michael Keaton did great with what he was given. Yes. He wasn't given a lot of good, but he, he did good. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't get that childhood joy whenever the, the, the Batman music came up or like so, a Batman reference came up. No, you're exactly right. And they do play the theme four times. Yes. In a very short span. Yes. But the thing that was different about this one compared to uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League, because he had Danny Elfman go in and play the original Superman theme and the original Batman theme. That felt fake because it was for different versions of the characters. Yeah. This time they had Michael Keaton with that Batman theme. And I was like, yep, love it. Yeah. Love that. I was, I was enjoying that and I did get joy there. And like I said, there were some good acting points as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, quick content. I was going to mention this for, for you parents out mm-hmm. there. A lot of S words just throughout this movie. Constant S words, some crude language. Yeah. Very juvenile kind of language. And then right at the end. Surprise effort out of nowhere. Surprise effort and naked Ezra Miller. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, So they, they hide an origin scene for The Flash because you're like, why would I care about Flash resetting everything when I haven't seen a Flash movie? They kind of hide a five-minute origin story in here. Yeah. And it's just hijinks. And he ends up naked. Yeah, and it, it shows his bum. So and and literally, so uh, I have rules, obviously, where I try not to talk to my friends when I'm in movies. Right. But I leaned over to you and I was like, I think this is just Ezra Miller. Being I think Ezra Miller. some Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which well, that's fine with that. Because yeah. the occasional comment, especially in a movie like this, is fine because this was a goofy movie. Mm-hmm. I was, it's long too. It's 144 minutes Oof. and you feel it. Yeah. And it, it really was just all over the place. And I feel like you said you weren't going to compare it to the TV series. I am. Okay. I feel like the CW did the Flashpoint storyline better. They did. I almost liked this movie kent like it almost crossed okay. that point of liking right but it what kept, took it away it kept tripping itself up whether it mm-hmm. be a throwaway a dumb comment or a goofy joke that didn't land or terrible cgi that kept popping up or pandering to the audience mm-hmm. where i went i i just can't get behind this movie and i feel kind of bad because i was excited for this i was not you being like I'm grouchy. I'm i hope hate it fails because uh, yeah. what they did to get henry cavill this yeah was, this was anticipated for me yeah and uh Anyway, so my review is that, is that this is a goofy movie all over the place, doesn't know what it is. I almost liked it, but it's a 2.5 stars for me, which oddly enough is the same score I gave the live action <laughs> adaptation of The Little Mermaid. So that's about oh, as good no. it's going to get. Well, we were surprised by how much we didn't hate that. This one, this one like, I'm surprised uh, how much I didn't like it. Yeah. It's weird how that works out. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's my review as well. All right. Let's, should we get into spoilers? Let's do it. Spoilers. Ah, uh, we'll give every one of them. Dun, 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 well spoilers. done. Let's start off with the CG babies. CG babies. Okay. 
Actually, it is a scene. Okay. Let's jump back to X-Men Days of Future Past when they show Quicksilver and what they did in 2014 with Evan Peters is that role. Yeah. Remember that rescue Running scene? around when the, when the place is blowing up. It it was like a Matrix moment for me. Well, that was at the, no, he's escaping first. Yeah, he's helping Magneto that's escape. Right, that's right. And I was like, wow, that is so inventive. It was so how, fun. How can The Flash or any movie top this with a speedster? Yeah. And it still hasn't been done. No. Uh, okay, <laughs> that said, so it was really funny. So a building's coming down, right? Yes, a hospital. But, a, yeah. A, a east wing of a hospital's coming down. And and Batman's Barry like, Barry or, or Alfred. Yeah. Barry, Barry, you need to save these people in the hospital. And he's just kind of standing there. He's really hungry because <laughs> Flash does burn a lot of calories. That's he true. has to eat some stuff in order Canonically, to that, that is true. Yeah, that's true. But and so he's like, I'm really run down. I don't want to do this. And Alfred's like, you got to do something. And then the East Wing collapses. And literally there's a, uh, which I don't know why they didn't have the babies out of there. But there's a whole room full of babies in like little bassinets. Uh-huh. And then the building starts to okay. collapse. And they roll towards the window. And the babies start okay. falling out the window. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. So funny. I Because you're so caught off guard. You're like, how, how are you going to save these babies? There's like 10 of them. Not even that. I was like, what movie am I watching? Because I don't know if you <laughs> saw you my like airplane. Did almost? you see my hands go up? Like, what? <laughs> you don't have babies, like literal infants in bassinets falling out of a window. That is yeah. so stressful. And comedically, they play that scene almost like a farce, but it, it works. Except for you're so taken out of it. None of it feels real. Because also, like, the time doesn't work for me when he slows down time at that moment. Yeah, he slows down time, but then he goes and does stuff for a couple minutes, and it just it didn't work. Yeah, and I know I know he's a Flash. I know he can do anything with time, but whatever. But the, everything looks so phony. Com- it's whether cartoon. it's a cartoon dog or the cartoon babies that actually never get real until, like, moments after they're even supposed to. After they're on the gurney and even Even after all. he saves them. And it, and it was kind of fun to see how he's going to stand, but at the same time, I was confused. Like, how, what are you doing? Why are you doing? Why did you put that baby in a microwave? Mm-hmm. Why did it to make ding? us laugh? To make us laugh. Why did it ding? Why did it ding? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once again, but that's okay. That's kind of funny. It is. It is. And it just looks so phony. But that's just it. the The cartoon aspect pulled me out of it. Where I was like, Are yeah. they trying to make this look that bad? Because it looks like Polar Express mm-hmm. bad. And then they have the whole team up. With the Justice League, little cameos from everyone. Yeah. I really think they're doing something with Ben Affleck's face. Yeah. It looked like really long and pulled down. Yep. And I was like, what's going on there? It's funny because I've seen him recently. Like he's in good shape. He doesn't look like But that. like the mask and everything, he, like he looked a little weird. Yeah. And then they have Wonder Woman pop up and that was, you know, the, the, has a great theme. The, yeah, that's true. The moment I knew, I think I'm watching a Joss Whedon version of this movie is once again, they did the joke from Justice League uh, with the whip. With the lasso of truth. The lasso of truth. Yeah. The whip, what I'm talking about. But yeah, they where they all basically the, say the same sort of truths that are embarrassing, but meant meant to make the audience laugh. That's all it is. Yeah. And it's also funny because uh, they make reference to Cyborg a lot in this movie, mm-hmm. but Ray Fisher's not in it at all. No. Because he didn't get enough money. Right. That's what it comes no, he, to. No, he was meant to be the co-star, but the executives don't like him. Well, and they said they, said they offered him like... A fraction of what he got on Justice League, mm-hmm. and he was like, "No, I'm not taking that." Yeah, and then he was like, "Well, I hope we can work things out. I hope they can work stuff out before I get in there." And I was like, "Dude, just do the cameo. This is all you really have." I, I wish he did. I, I like him as an too. actor. If, if it would have been, it would have felt more complete had so, he been in there. And this was a moment where I was like, "You know what? It's a very small segment of the DCEU. They, you know, oh, Superman is." 
stopping a volcano by using laser vision or whatever. Okay, that's stupid. But I mean, like, I was yeah, like... They, yeah, they also kind of gloss over where Superman is. But, like, they give Barry a theme where the where they say uh, he feels like a lower tier Justice League member. And I was like, yeah. I like where this could go. Yeah. And then they fun. forget about that. And he goes back in time. Well, because he gets sad about his... His dad's going on trial, so he goes to the house and he has a little emotional breakdown and decides to run. And he runs so fast that he enters the speed force. Or as I call it, the polar express vortex. <laughs> Like a kaleidoscope? That to me was the most egregious CGI. Okay. Was every single time he was in that, he's in this arena and it shows all these branches of of time around him in the form of characters and they were all Polar Express. Now, do you think they could have pulled it off looking extremely realistic or do you think they should have gone more visually interesting? Kind of like how they tell the Man of Steel backstory on Krypton. Oh, with the... With cubes and stuff? like. Do you wish it would have been a little bit more like that? I don't know what they were doing. They, yeah. they could have had the real actors there and just mirrored them. We've seen mirrored actors multiple times, mm-hmm. but they made them intentionally CGI. Yes. And it was off-putting. Right. Every time we went in the Polar Express Vortex, I was like, <laughs> what is happening right now? Why are we back here again? Yeah. So then he ends up in a... in a. He thinks it's just back in time. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the course of the movie, he hears things like they say, like Eric Stoltz is in Back to the Future. Right. And they don't have a, a Superman. Right. And they do have a Batman. Uh, but he finds out, oh, no, I'm in an alternate timeline, mm-hmm. which they do something weird here with the movie where they it's almost like the, the Infinity War type thing when they say, no, that's not how time travel works. This is how time travel works. I was actually OK with that. Which I, is fine. I'm okay with the, the the pendulum swinging so much that you don't just change the events that happen after what you've changed. Right. That you've just messed everything up. Which I'm fine with. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's that whole thing of uh, how does this person know how it actually works if mm-hmm. they've never done it before? Yeah. And I had that question because, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Well, yeah. So they... I did get upset that he saves his mom, right? And it has to do with a, a can of uh, tomato sauce. But I do like how they do that. How he says, how can I go back in time and not interact with them but right. still save them and the whole point is the mom had to leave or the mom had the dad leave the house to go get a can of tomato sauce or tomatoes because she forgot them crushed tomatoes mm-hmm. and then while he's gone she dies but then they blame it on him and he has no alibi right because he's looking he's in a supermarket the dad's in a supermarket and he's getting the tomatoes but he's not looking up and so they can't get the evidence they need right so he does go home and he sees his parents and they're like oh you look different you're acting a little bit different yeah but that's okay and i was like okay this could be acting good. a little different even though he had a completely different hairstyle was apparently like 20 <laughs> years, older. years older yeah 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 uh but then he doesn't spend any time with his family no because he does he does do the responsible thing which is Oh, no, I've interacted with myself in the past. I now need to make him the Flash so that we can actually make the future in history happen. Right. We can reset everything which with was, my mom being alive, which is weird because he tell he runs into himself and then he's like, his self is freaking out. He's like, no, don't freak out. But then he has this whole conversation with him where he's like, he's trying to figure out where he's at. Mm-hmm. And he he decides, oh, no, we got to go transform you to the Flash here in like 30 minutes, mm-hmm. which I was like, does he even work at this place? Is he supposed to become the Flash? Like. I was confused as to why he was forced. Well, to he wasn't issue. supposed to in that timeline, but no. he's like, basically, oh, I need to exist. So I need to create you. Yeah. So he takes him to the experimental place, gets yeah. him struck with lightning, which was a pretty cool sequence mm-hmm. despite the bad CG. Yeah. Um, and there's some humorous moments with phasing. Yeah. Which they, they just kind of oh. throw those powers in there now. And it's like, we haven't and, established that he can do that. And, and they make fun of the Ezra Miller run. After he so he loses his powers with yeah. the accident, which the, the original Barry loses his powers, which at that point I actually kind of liked that performance of Ezra Miller, powerless. Yeah, he seemed less fast as far as speech and powers. Yeah, and I was like, oh, he's playing a little more serious, but he also makes fun of the run that he does. That in this was before, so I'm like, that's pretty good. That made me laugh. Yeah, 
but then he gets the the new Flash gets the powers and spoiler 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 alert so extra spoiler alert. Hmm. I when he when he was in the the Polar Express vortex and he's trying He'll to never get old by the way. He, he's trying to figure out where he's supposed to go. This uh, monster, this purple monster figure, a Savitar from Flash season three, jumps out, pushes him into a certain timeline, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "What the heck was that?" Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. When the new Barry got powers, I went, oh, so he's going to be the purple guy. Yeah, you knew. You right knew. away. Yeah. Right away. And uh-huh. it was one of those things where they, when they reveal it at the end, I was like, well, yeah. But maybe that's just because I watched is, Flashpoint Is it before? because this movie's so overstuffed and maybe they're saving Yellow Flash, Reverse Flash, I should say, as a villain for uh, the next Flash iteration? Which because they shouldn't have. this story and, and Barry does need reverse flash in his yeah. life. And yeah. that's what this all revolves around. Granted, I know it would have taken a lot of film time yeah. to tell that. Yeah. And they thought they could fit it all here. Yeah. And they so, barely did. But one of the things that annoyed me, this is one of those, like I said, I try not to get caught up in the nitpicky things. Mm-hmm. But when I can see the screenplay being written, I get a little annoyed. <laughs> sure. Like when, when this decision would never be made, but because the screenplay needs to do it, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. When he goes back and he's like, okay, we got to look up Superman. Doesn't exist. We got to look up Diana Prince. Oh, apparently she doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. We got to look up Cyborg. Oh, he does, he's not Cyborg yet. And then Aquaman. No. And then at the very end, he's like, oh, what about Batman? And mm-hmm. I'm like, you literally have been saying for the entire movie that Batman is your best friend and you've hung yeah. out with him and you love Bruce Wayne. And you talk about him all the time. But when you get to this other timeline, he's the last person on your mind. Right. Really? Mm-hmm. That annoyed well, me. that was exposition. Like you said, that was a script being written for us. Yeah. You watch it being written and I'm just like, no, no. Mm-hmm. So then they get to an older Michael Keaton and older Bruce Wayne. Who's who's healed Gotham. Gotham is fine. So he's become this weird recluse for some reason. Yeah. I didn't quite Which understand why. I didn't like that, especially because, and this is what I like to hear. I think I was happy about this. Uh, you look at Ben Affleck's Batman and BBS, and he's done 20 years in Gotham. Nothing got better because of his time as Batman. In fact, he's turned to killing because he's so tired of it all. Now you have Michael Keaton, who in the mo- in this movie says, Gotham is one of the safest places ever. Yeah, and I'm like, way to go, Batman. Yeah. But then he's a recluse for some reason. Well, and I think maybe it's because Alfred died. Maybe. Possibly. Because like the, the house is in disrepair. Mm-hmm. He's completely disheveled. It was cool seeing the mansion again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I kept going like, but why? Why is he? It, it really made no impact yeah. whether he was disheveled or not. He could have right. been full on Bruce Wayne living in the house. And I probably I think it's for more. the haircut moment. You know, it's like I'm going to shave oh, and totally. get a haircut. Oh, totally. Uh-huh. That's what it was for. Like I said, every time they played that music and they showed the bat suits <laughs> and they showed the Batmobile and the Batwing, I was just like, oh, man, that really does make me happy. Uh-huh. And it was I kept being like, don't get pulled into it, Joel. But I'm like, no, be pulled into it. <laughs> And I, I kept trying to not compare this to the rest of the DCEU and mm-hmm. just treat this as its own separate movie. But I couldn't. I kept being like, but... I, I actually think the second act was the strongest of the movie. And this is basically the quiet time with original Barry, Obi, and Bruce. I think them talking in the Batcave... Obi and BW? Yep. <laughs> their scenes, probably right up until uh, Supergirl gets her powers, were the best of the movie. Because I was like, oh, there's some moments here and there's reasons why Barry didn't want to tell younger Barry about the paradox that yeah. he went back to save his mom. Yeah. Well, and that's the point I was going to make, too, is the, the whole, keeping secrets thing. Well, that, too. That's, mm-hmm. that's screenwriter's writing. Yeah. But also just the, the Batman's explanation of how time works when he was like, this is how time works in this movie. And I was talking to the audience. Uh-huh. And I was like, how does Batman know about time travel? Yeah. That makes no sense. This is a very basic Batman with no yeah. superheroes in the world at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is jumping ahead a little bit, but I just want to bring it up now. Okay. So, like, everyone knows Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know Superman. They don't know Wonder Woman. He's a legend. Aquaman, but, yeah, it's like, oh, Batman. Yeah, he solved Gotham. And yet, when they're flying in the battle, they start shooting at him. They're like, ah, they don't know we're on our side. And I'm like, 
Batman. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Batwing is flying in, and the military uh, doesn't know Batman is literally, on the Literally, that was pointless. Yeah. I don't know why the military was shooting at him. Just to get more bombs in the air, I think. Uh, more, more action explosions. or something. I don't know. That was weird. So in the movie, what happens is they see Zod's ship showing up, which mm-hmm. I actually like this alternative point of view. I like the idea of Barry trying to save one, save someone back in the Man of Steel days and failing and then kind of not. I agree. Kind of his powers. I like that. I think they threw the they played this element um, to kind of cover up what happened in Man of Steel with all the collateral damage. Oh, even though, yes, the world engine was there in Metropolis. Yeah. And they kind of show that brief scene. And he anyways, I don't want to get into it, but. Because Flash feels like he failed during the... I liked, I liked that aspect of him trying to be a superhero and realizing, yeah. like, oh, I can't save everyone. Uh, I do think they were trying to say, hey, well, look, uh, Man of Steel happened the way it did, but maybe they didn't have to go to Metropolis and cause all that damage. Even though... This is an alternate timeline. In this alternate timeline, Superman is needed still. He is still needed. and He's the only one that can do it. And honestly, it actually gives a, a stronger case, and maybe they do this on purpose. Sorry, I'm jumping right to the end. Go for it. Uh, for Superman breaking Zod's neck. Because yeah. he's the only one that could stop him. Yeah, so Zod pops up, which, by the way, I think Michael Shannon, uh, he uh, did all his scenes in an audio recording booth. Truly. I don't think he was ever there. Absolutely. Because his face was CGI the entire uh-huh. time. Yeah. But behind a mask, so it wasn't as egregious. <laughs> so then they're like, okay, well, Barry's like, well, we need Superman. Let's find Superman. And Batman finds out, oh, it's in. there's a alien that was in a russian prison they're pulling from red red sun yes yeah which i went okay cool so that's fine that this is an alternate timeline and they go in there and they free kara uh zorel kara Mm -hmm. zorel yep uh, who is supergirl and that you know she's in the comics as well um which is fine but the way they and and actually when they pulled her out and she got into the sunlight and you see her kind of forming and then she starts kicking yeah yeah, when she starts kicking butt all around i enjoyed that part But then every scene after that, I was like, I'm not liking you as Supergirl. Mm-mm. Like, I think it was a poor casting choice, honestly. Yeah. Because I just, like I said, she just mumbles the whole time like this. And, oh, I like the idea that she was like, I'm not human. I'm Kryptonian because she mm-hmm. hasn't had that bond. But the way she also decides that she is going to help the humans was a little rushed. Totally. Because Red Sun, it's a bad Superman. He's, yeah, he's exactly. He's Russian Superman. Bad. Yes. Because he's not raised by the Kents. He's not raised by good people. Mm-hmm. And this one, she's kind of just like, hmm. Zod kills people. That's bad. I'm going to go kill people for good. And like you said, they rush everything that Superman had to deal with. There was a time in his childhood when he heard all the the pleas of help me throughout the world. Yeah. And it kind of drove him crazy. And he had to adjust to even the sunlight. Yeah. And in this movie, she deals with it for about seven seconds. She's like, okay, I'm good. Let's go get yeah. Zod. Truth be told, I think this... No, Kent's not going to disagree with this. This movie would have been better with Henry Cavill in that role. It Well, it should have been. That is the Flashpoint story. That's what it should have been, mm-hmm. and that's what it could have been, and they... I don't know why... I'm so glad he wasn't in this movie. He filmed things for this he movie. Did. He did, but guess who took him cut. out? James Gunn. Yeah. Because he doesn't want anything to continue. Which is the weirdest thing, because this could have been such a stronger movie had Henry Cavill been in this role. 100%. Uh, are we jumping right to the end? No, not yet. We're not, not yet. yet. Not yet, not yet, because let, let's pull it back a little bit. Uh, actually, Henry Cavill was paid $250,000 for his cameo. Good. And then they cut him. Okay. So he got, I'm so he glad got he wasn't the money. in this movie. Uh, so, well, let's bring it back. Where are we at So here? basically, they're fighting Zod. There's a grand battle yes. where they say, hey... Oh, oh, by the way, original Barry gets his powers back. He does the experiment again they in the Batcave this time, which that was weird how they're like, hey, this will probably work, maybe. Yeah. Let's zap him multiple times. And that, that isn't with a lightning. flashpoint story, but whatever. Yeah. And so they finally go down, go to take on the Kryptonians. And the Kryptonians, they mean business. They're really tough. Yeah. And so even though Batman has the Batwing, which is super cool, and there's two flashes and a Supergirl, 
they are the odds are stacked against them. Which seems a little weird considering one Superman could have stopped him in the first movie. I think this but just proves that a Superman is needed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they fight back and forth, and then it does not go well, which was interesting because mm-hmm. they don't win the battle. Uh, Batman ends up dying. Supergirl ends up dying. And it's it becomes weird, lived, I repeat. Almost. Yeah, all of a sudden, just like, tomorrow. Because oh. then Barry's like, okay, we can change this. And these travels in time, and they try again, which it's a little fuzzy on the time travel there because it's like, well, are they replacing themselves? Or are they? I think with, it's a new multiverse they created. I guess. Yeah. It got a little confusing at that point, but they go back and fight again and again, and it just keeps not going well. And. That part was kind of interesting, but also they didn't... One thing that Live, Die, Repeat or Edge of Tomorrow did well Mm -hmm. was they didn't repeat it beat for beat. Right. It got shorter and shorter to the point where you're just getting little bits of it and it made it much more concise. Totally. They go through the cycle a couple times and I kept being like, wow, we're doing this again? Yeah. And it got a little tedious. But then right when you think it's gone too far, which it did, then all of a sudden there is dialogue between the two berries where younger Barry says... uh, Older Barry knew that it was a paradox and knew that he... Totally messed up by going yeah. to save his mom. And he says, realizes there's fixed points in time yeah. that you can't and he, change. And he basically said, my mom cannot survive. I have to go and prevent what I already did. Yeah. And younger Barry says, no, that's my mom. You can't do this. We need to stop this. And so he keeps going back to and basically getting more and more injured, more shards in him. Which was weird how they did that. Like uh-huh. They kept like stabbing stuff through him. But he's like, I'm fine. I'm going to go. It's like a Mortal Kombat sort of like thing. He's not going to pull a huge thing out of his arm. Yeah. I don't know. You saw this coming an hour and a half before this. He slowly becomes this speed demon speed of sorts demon. of sorts and then the three of them are in it together and he kind of pulls off his mask and there's a poorly cg aged you say Ezra three Miller. of them it's like the younger uh the younger the ob barry, the, the original barry uh-huh. the younger barry and the monster barry yeah. are all together and monster barry it reveals I oh i'm cereal by the way <laughs> The monster berries. Mm. Uh, it says, "Oh, I'm younger Barry. I've been trying this. I've been trying to save Batman and Supergirl for decades, yeah. basically, yeah. again and again and again. And I've become this monster. I will save my mother." And younger Barry does sacrifice himself really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, th- I like that moment because that's what needs to happen." That was a good moment. And I also like I like the time paradox where you mm-hmm. can't and and you can't change something that made you do what you're doing, right? And so, but they also, they kind of glossed over how that worked too at that moment. Of course They're they did. Like, uh, by the way, and you can't do this. But it's weird they gave no finality or really send off to Michael Keaton or Sasha Cal. No. Wasn't that weird? They're kind of just lost in the battle. It's like moving on to a different story. Uh-huh. So then uh, he, the monster Barry gets, he kills, <laughs> monster Barry kills Monster Barry, Barry in the polar vortex. Yeah. Kill in the polar, polar <laughs> express vortex. <laughs> Kills younger Barry, which then ends Monster Barry because he can't exist if his younger self was killed. Right. And then Barry's able to go back to his time. And make sure. And have a last moment with his mom, not that she knows who he is. Oh, and see that when he that has a good, last moment with his mom, moment. that was good. Yeah. That was really genuinely good. Where That's I was why like, I'm almost like, is it a C? Not, then the rest of the movie I'm happens. getting. I was almost getting emotional at that point because he has this goodbye with his mom where he essentially has to be like... I have to let you die. Like yeah. he has to choose that mm-hmm. because that's just the fixed point in time. And it really was emotional from both Ezra Miller and I can't remember the woman who plays his, his mom. No. But uh, I thought both of them did. So, like even when she's just like, I know I'm a, a, a stranger in a supermarket, but you just, do you just want a hug? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. that is so nice. So he makes sure that it will happen, but he also makes sure that his dad won't go to jail and there will be evidence that works for him. So the whole thing is there's this video footage of his dad in the supermarket, but it never shows his face. His head is always down. Yeah. And so they can't clear him in the court case. 
So Barry, seeing that he can't save his mom, he decides to... Save his dad in 2023. Originally what he did is he went back and just put a can of tomatoes in yeah. her cart. So she had that extra one and didn't have to send her, her Barry's father to the store. Yeah. But then he goes back to the present time and he goes to the court case. And it turns out he did actually go back and move all the tomato cans from the bottom shelf to the top, cell, to the top shelf in flash style. So that his dad had to look up to see the cans. So he did end up saving his dad mm-hmm. by going in the So past. he still has changed time. He didn't reset everything how it needs to be. Not no. that he probably could. And so when he gets back to normal time, he goes, yay, my dad's going to get out of jail. Yep. Everything's fine. Where's my best friend, Batman? And then Bruce Wayne calls him on the phone, starts driving up. And I was like, here comes Michael Keaton. It's going to be Michael Keaton. Because they weren't showing his face. I that's knew. A, that's another I movie. Knew. That's a movie thing where it's like they won't show someone's face for a bit and then they have a reveal. So in the original ending... He was going to get back, and uh, it was still going to be a different world. Uh-huh. And then all With of a sudden, apes. He, he was going to get yeah, he was going to get a mysterious call at his place, and it was going to be Ben Affleck saying, "Barry, find us, come find us." And that's how the movie was supposed to end. Did we ever see, by the way, in the original Batman Superman, I believe, when Barry pops his head through the time vortex and talks to Bruce Wayne? Did that, we ever see that? It was a Zack Snyder story element that was going to happen in uh, Justice League Three, but it never happened. It never happened. We never saw. We that. never saw. We, we did see the head pop through time in mm-hmm. this movie. But it never was that oh, man. It, it was bad looking. It was bad looking. So but then, inst- so then yeah. yeah, I thought it was Michael Keaton or it could have been Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. But then out of the out of the, the the fancy car and through the crowd, George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. George Clooney pops out as Bruce Wayne. And I have to admit, I went, ah, that's funny. It was nice to see him. That, and, and seeing him in the role. Yeah. Seeing, and knowing he was Batman in, in Batman and Robin, which was the mm-hmm. worst of that franchise. Yeah. But giving him that other shot, almost an Andrew Garfield moment, Kent. I mean, kind of, yeah. But honestly, that part made me laugh to where I went, I like that, even though it has no consequence, mm-hmm. it is pointless, it's a joke, it's never going to be addressed again. So they did film Michael Keaton and Ezra Miller at the courthouse. But once again, they cut it because they cut Michael Keaton from Batgirl. Oh. So there was supposed to be closure there. Oh, Kent, we didn't talk about we that. We sure didn't. The Easter eggs. So there's a point when they're in the, the Polar Express Vortex... And with demon berries. With demon berries. And they start seeing the worlds colliding all around them. And mm-hmm. there's like these these globes, these colorful globes all right. around them with a bunch of pictures around. Mm-hmm. But the camera starts zooming in on each one of these alternate realities. So you very first see, and it was a surprise to me. I knew most of the yeah. I knew most of the spoilers, honestly. Yeah. But you see George Reeves. Christopher Reeves. Oh no, George Reeves. Yeah, George you see George Reeves, Reeves the, the original, original Superman, black and white Superman yeah. from the TV show. Yeah, and I was like, oh okay. And they have a little sound clip play. That's kind of nice. And you see robots in the Polar Express vortex as well. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then and then you see Christopher Reeve walk mm-hmm. up with uh, the woman who played Supergirl in the in the live action movie, um, blonde and beautiful. I can't remember her name. Yes, uh, but she walks up next to her and you have the Superman theme play. Once again, Polar Express versions. Uh-huh. And actually, Christopher Reeve looked okay. But there was no, something. No. If they showed him for a short time, but they 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 dwelled on him three times, and I yeah. went, "Oh, it's getting worse every time." But then they show Adam West's Batman really quickly, and then they show uh, honestly a cool scene: Nicholas show- Cage fighting a spider, which is the big joke from yeah. Superman Returns back in not Returns. Superman lives back in the day. Yeah, Nicolas Cage was going to... Tim Burton was going to direct. Nicolas Cage was going to be Superman, and he was going to be fighting uh, this giant mechanical spider. I thought that was a pretty cool scene. It was actually kind of funny. Like, I I didn't know it was going to happen. So when he turned out it was Nicolas Cage, I went, mm, I see what you're doing yeah. there. But they showed him a few times, too. That was weird. And he definitely polar, polar Express Vortex. Mm-hmm. And who... Did they show anyone else? They didn't show Henry Cavill, that's for not. sure. They showed, like, the back of Henry Cavill at one point, did they? I think. Okay. I think it was just a male Superman. Mm-hmm. But then, as I watched that, I was... Like, part of me enjoyed it, but part of me was just like. This is really just straight fan service. Yep. 
There's no consequence. There's no reason for them to appear. They're not going to talk or do anything. They're just here to make you go, oh, I remember that. Was it more or less forced than Across the Spider-Verse? More. Yeah. They dwelled on it more. Across and the I didn't love it in Across the Spider-Verse. No, I didn't either. But it was more so here. Yeah, absolutely. In, in Across the Spider-Verse, they show kind of these pictures in the background as they're talking about specific moments in Spider-Man's life. In this one, they're just like, hey, alternate realities. Mm -hmm. Here's all the things you used to know and love. And they dwelt on it way too long. I think a lot of people will see this as a love letter to DC. Mm. And that's fair. I think people will enjoy this movie for a lot of that. Yeah. And a lot of times in these screenings, Kent, when those moments happen, people woo and they clap. Mm -hmm. And this was a full theater. Yeah. I didn't hear wooing or clapping. No. I think people were kind of like, oh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. They look fake. And at the end, normally there's applause. No applause. Nothing. That was weird. Yeah. So, but there is a stinger that's oh. been causing quite a buzz, and I think they still know that they have an Aquaman movie to burn off, and so it's Barry and Aquaman. It's not Aquaman. It's Jason Momoa. It's Jason Momoa. There's no Aquaman. It's just Jason Momoa and, and Barry. Straight up drunk. Walking out of a bar, and I, can't, I couldn't even understand Jason Momoa half the time. No. And then, no, he's basically like, oh, there's, what, what's Batman like in the other worlds? And am I weird in the other worlds? He's like, no, you're pretty much the same. Yeah. Like, okay, we well, didn't see that. But and then he fine. falls down face down in a puddle, a la glass, and... Uh, Go buy more beer. And that's it. It was one of the most pointless singers I've ever seen. Yeah. So... <laughs> so that's the thing. I'm not really torn here. I, I mostly didn't like it, but there were the emotional moments that I was like, that's nice. The yeah. Flashpoint stuff was nice with he and his mom. There were some good moments. I almost liked it, but no. Mm-hmm. I, it just... There was so much to dislike. Yeah. So there you go. Let us know if you agree. If you listen to this disagree. long. Yeah, this is long. We basically went through the whole story. I don't know if we always do that. No, I think there's a lot to talk about. But there's a lot of spoilers in this one. Yeah, there, there are. And there's a lot of cameos. That, and that's really, when they say spoilers, the spoilers literally are, oh, hey, George Clooney is in this. Mm-hmm. Hey, they show Christopher Reeve and George Reeve and Adam West. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage. Right. Although Zach knew about that. Yeah. He mentioned that on the way the out. Internet. Twitter's the worst. It is the worst. But uh, we're going to try and keep the spoilers. We, we don't want to be the ones to like, you know, break it out there and spoil it for other people. So if you do comment, uh, keep it fairly general mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and, and we'll enjoy that. But let us know if you've seen The Flash. Let us know if you like The Flash. And let us know if you want to one day enter into the Polar Express Vortex. Every time we went in the Polar Express Vortex, I was like, (laughs) what is happening right now?